0: Welcome to Boosting Your Financial IQ, a podcast for investors, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals looking to transform their organizations and lives through greater financial literacy. I'm Steve Coffrin, and I'll be your guide as you seek to better your financial life. I turn around, grow, and invest in high potential companies, and I'm here to teach you the fundamentals of accounting and finance so you can speak the language of money and act intentionally to drive greater financial value. Are you ready? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Before we get started, remember that this content is for educational purposes and should not be construed as financial or legal advice. See the podcast notes or byfiq.com for a full list of disclaimers, terms and conditions. Now on to the episode. Hey everyone, this is Steve Coffran. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Today is Friday, May 5th, 2023. And this is Finn weekly where i provide you with weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and in the economy this has been a wild crazy week and we have a lot to cover so let's go ahead and jump right in now for starters and this may not be a big surprise for most of you but the u.s government is once again out of money janet yellen sounded the alarm to congress that the treasury will run out of cash in a month saying in a letter to Speaker Kevin McCarthy and other congressional leaders from both parties, quote, we will be unable to continue to satisfy all the government's obligations by early June and potentially as early as June 1st. Now, remember folks, the US hit its statutory debt limit of $31.4 trillion in January. And since then, the Treasury has been doing what it can to avoid a possible default on federal debt. Now, to give you some context, in 2019, before the pandemic, the United States had 22.7 trillion in debt, and before the housing crisis hit in 2008, that number was only $10 trillion. Look, debt is increasing exponentially, and this has serious implications on our economy and future generations. To reduce the debt, the government will either have to raise taxes, which will hurt consumers, and since 70% of our economy is based on consumer spending, raising taxes will definitely slow the economy. Alternatively, the government can choose to print more money to cover its debt obligations, but that will only lead to more inflation and the erosion of the dollar's purchasing power. By printing more money, inflation will accelerate, forcing the Fed to raise interest rates even further, which will dampen economic growth as well. It's a real mess, folks. President Biden called McCarthy to the White House on May 9th to discuss the debt limit, along with three other bipartisan leaders of the Senate and the House. Moving on to banking. The banking system is worse off than we think. According to an article on Yahoo Finance this week, Okay, you won't believe this, but on Tuesday there was an article that said, almost half of America's 4,800 banks are already burning through their capital buffers. Professor Amit Saru, a banking expert at Stanford University, said this Let's not pretend that this is just about Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic. A lot of the U.S. banking system is potentially insolvent. Banks, especially regional banks, are suffering from losses related to U.S. commercial real estate and their investments in the bond market. Banks are underwater, and the scary thing is that there's over $9 trillion in uninsured deposits sitting at these institutions. I believe the full shock of monetary tightening by the fed has yet to be realized and over the next one to two years we will see if the u.s financial system can safely deflate the excessive leverage that accelerated after the extreme monetary stimulus during the pandemic think about it trillions of dollars were pumped into the financial system during the pandemic and a huge chunk of that cash flowed into regional banks to make money from this flood of cash Banks invested in bonds and other financial instruments, not expecting a sharp increase in interest rates in the near term. But all this cash created a wave of inflation, forcing the Fed to raise rates, which slowed the economy and caused capital to contract. So as businesses and individuals needed more cash, they went to their banks to withdraw their cash. But remember, banks don't have the cash readily available. It's not like it's sitting in this giant vault. So they had to go out and sell their investments at a loss since interest rates drive bond values down, creating this giant mess. Also, low interest rates created this massive amount of leverage in the economy, and now there's $1.5 trillion in commercial real estate debt that needs to be refinanced. Who's going to do that? The regional banks don't have the capital necessary and this is what's causing the massive strain on the financial banking system. If you want to learn more about this, just go to my previous episodes where I talk in more detail about the crisis related to commercial real estate. Moving on to interest rates. The Fed raised interest rates on Wednesday by 25 basis points and is hinting at a potential pause. This move increased the Fed's benchmark federal funds rate to a target range of 5 to 5.25%, the highest level since 2007. To give you some context, a year ago, the same benchmark rate was zero, making this monetary tightening campaign the most aggressive since 1980, when inflation was out of control during that period as well. The Fed has an annual inflation target of 2%, so we'll have to see if these interest rate hikes are enough to cool inflation down to this desired level. Otherwise, pausing future rate increases may not be viable. Given all this, with the banking crisis and increases in interest rates, investors are losing their shirts. The banking crisis has created $54 billion of losses for investors, including $46.9 billion related to market cap and $7.5 billion related to debt securities. Moving on to payroll cost, U.S. companies are experiencing sharp increases in their payroll expenses. According to ADP data, which analyzes payrolls of over 25 million U.S. employees, payroll costs increased by 6.7% in April from a year ago. Most of the gains are coming from leisure and hospitality, construction, health services, and education. At the same time, companies in manufacturing and financial services are cutting jobs. Here's the confusing thing though. There are conflicting statements being made about the labor market right now. For example, the Labor Department published data earlier this week suggesting a slowing demand for labor. Job openings fell for the third straight month in March, while layoffs spiked to the highest level since 2020. However, as of this morning, the job report posted a stunning uptick with 253,000 jobs added in April, pushing unemployment to the lowest level since May of 1969. Despite all this, job gains were still down in February and March, making job growth over this period still 149,000 lower than expected. So be careful and don't be fooled by the contradictory reports. Rising interest rates and a slowing economy will likely lead to more job layoffs and an overall increase in unemployment. If you own a business, make sure you understand your true labor cost, especially as it relates to pricing your products and services. More on that at the end. Moving on to tech, meta, meta, tomato, tomato, the Facebook parent takes the lead and becomes the first tech company to tap into the US bond market. The social media giant raised $8.5 billion in capital by issuing bonds at 192 basis points over treasuries to investors. The company plans to use this flood of cash to help finance capital expenditures, repurchase outstanding shares of its common stock, make investments, and pursue potential acquisitions. Although the company saw a rebound in advertising sales during the first quarter, it has spent the last few months cutting costs and restructuring its workforce. Even with strong cash flow, Meta is shoring up its balance sheet and positioning itself strategically with cash to prepare for what's ahead. What about Apple? Apple reported upbeat earnings on Thursday. Apple reported second fiscal quarter earnings on Thursday that beat Wall Street's bearish expectations, driven by stronger than anticipated iPhone sales. However, Apple's overall revenue fell for the second quarter in a row, landing at 3% lower from $87.3 billion in the prior quarter. Net income for this tech titan dropped to $24.2 billion during the quarter, compared to $25 billion in the year earlier period. As of this recording, Apple's stock is up 4.7% today. So with all this, I want to provide you with some takeaways. But just remember, I am bullish on the future. Even though we're going through a very difficult economic period, I still believe that the future is bright and there are opportunities all around us. You just have to keep your eyes open and you have to be very strategic in your approach. That's why boosting your financial intelligence is so critical, especially right now. So here's some takeaways that I want to leave with you. Number one, I've said this before and I'll say it again because it's so important, but expect a tightening of credit in the coming quarters. So like Meta, make sure you have access to the capital you need to weather any possible financial storms looming in the future. This may include going and getting a line of credit or a home equity line of credit, whatever it may be, but make sure you have access to capital so your business will be strong and you'll position yourself for future opportunities that are coming your way. Number two, and I mentioned this earlier, if you own a business, make sure to revisit your pricing, especially right now. Make sure you understand your true cost, especially as it relates to your labor and make adjustments accordingly. If you're bidding work or providing pricing for future jobs, make sure you adjust your pricing to anticipate future inflation so you're not locked in at a price level that will lead to losses. This is really important because I know there's some companies like construction companies, for example, that are bidding on projects in the fall or next year. So, if you're bidding on projects and you're providing firm pricing right now, but you're not anticipating increases in material cost or in labor cost, when it comes time to go execute that work, your cost may be a lot higher than dictated by your pricing and you may suffer losses. So, make sure your pricing is in alignment with your cost structure. Number three, with everything going on in the economy and the effects it's having on business, I invite you to check out my new podcast called Business Strategy. This show is for founders, business owners, CEOs, and aspiring entrepreneurs who wanna learn the strategies for building financially strong and enduring companies. So make sure you check that out as well. And number four, be prepared for more inflation. This includes not sitting on the sidelines in cash. So make sure you're earning some type of return that aligns with your appetite for risk. You have to be careful because a lot of asset classes are overvalued right now. So. Be mindful of that before you just go put your money to work. But don't just be sitting in cash where it's inflating away. Also with inflation, in your business right now, you could put in place a strategy that will prepare you for the future. So if you don't have a solid strategy, or if you have a strategy but it doesn't trickle down to the front line of your organization, now would be a good time to revisit that process and make sure you have a good solid strategy that will prepare you ahead for these coming quarters. For most businesses, summertime and fall are great quarters, so you don't want to miss out on this opportunity to go out there and make money. If you just do business as normal, but you're not adjusting your pricing, if you don't have a solid go-to-market strategy, if you're not understanding your true cost structure, then you're going to miss out on this huge opportunity this year to make your business profitable and to maximize cash flow. So I would recommend revisiting your strategy right now within your business. Also, if you're worried about inflation and the purchasing power of your dollars, meaning let's just say your money is not going as far as it used to go, now may be a good time to consider starting a side hustle or that business that you've always been thinking of. So don't be afraid to take risks. Life is so short, life is so short. And there's nothing wrong with going out there and trying things, and even if you fail, so what? You'll learn and you'll grow, but now may be a great time to explore other opportunities and ventures that will allow you to make more money. So there you have it. That's a wrap. That's Fin Weekly. Enjoy your Cinco de Mayo. Go out there and have some Mexican food. That's my plan for tonight. I love Mexican food. I love today. And I wish you the very best over the weekend. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being committed to financial intelligence. And if you haven't downloaded the free Boosting Your Financial IQ app, make sure you do that. You can do that on the Apple app or through the Google Play Store but there you'll have access to a lot of other great resources. If you're listening to the audio version of this report and you want to see the video, you can do that through the app. So make sure you check that out as well. And if you haven't told your friends about the Boosting Your Financial IQ app, don't be stingy with your knowledge. Share the love. Okay, that's it. Have a great weekend. Cheers.